Hi, I'm Olivia. And I'm Kelly, and this is a Court of Theories podcast, where we deep dive all things Akatar, Throne of Glass, and Crescent City. This podcast contains spoilers. Your initial reaction, who did you think it was on the cover? So, first off, I said first reaction. Well, let's just sidebar because when she first released the title and then they stuck it on a purple cover, I immediately, especially giving the ending. Why did everyone think it was going to be purple? Bloomsbury. That's what they put up as the placeholder for the cover. Oh, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. And so that's why Cause I kept people... Because I think people create fan art for what the cover might look yeah. like. Why did we go with purple? You're right. Yes. You're right. Okay. And then people spiraled with Rune and Resand. And clearly it's Bryson Hunt, but it's going to emulate Rune and Lydia, allegedly. Bryce is on the cover of Earth and Blood. And then Hunt's on the cover of Sky and Breath. And then it would be really cool if Rune was on the cover of this one, especially the flame and shadow concept of being Rune and Lydia. So that I was like, oh, okay, we're going to have a purple dude given the ending of Sky and Breath. And then all of a sudden it was gold. But I definitely think that it's mirroring Lydia. My first reaction was... Also Aelin. I was going to say, my first reaction was... That is Aelin on the cover. You can't tell me it's not because I, I think it's an air of fire. She's literally called the queen of flame and shadow. Yes. And I was like, but also I remember haves and halves. It's the first one. Earth and blood. You, uh, you didn't really notice the split face as much. I don't think just the book coming out by itself. And then whenever sky and breath came out, it was much more blatant that there is a split in what is allegedly Hunt. I honestly didn't pay that much attention to the covers of either one of them. I didn't realize that they were either of them were split until I saw a theory video about how they believed that it was split on Hunt because I think... Because of Thur. Yeah, but I think in Sky and Breath, maybe, there's some kind of comment about Hunt being made intentionally. Yes, yes. And there was a theory that he potentially had two dads kind of thing. Oh, I never saw that theory. The maid and stuff, yes. I mean, clearly he has a mother, but that he was a combination of people. Okay. I I didn't hear it as the two dads, but the combination. Yeah, yeah. That he is basically the third reincarnation. I can see that happening. But I had sent you that thing where somebody was upset about TOG, you know, that crossover, that it didn't need to happen. But Lydia shares so many... The what crossover? Silver Flame? No, okay. possibly there being more uh, of the bridge back to Throne of Glass. Since bringing Throne of Glass back into the... Okay. Yes, into the mix, even though it's a completed series. Sarah herself in an interview was like, but is it? Right. Don't play me. And then you brought up the Marvel... All the good guys. You said that in one of our text messages after we watched some of those clips of her. Aelin's world didn't end whenever Kingdom of Ash ended. Originally thought that it was Aelin. And I I can't remember if it was in Silver Flames. But it was basically my first thought that it was... Oh, it was that they came from an old world where... where, Oh, it was talking about Ember. 
like Ember's lineage, that it was a small kernel that worked through. Merlin was left with only one small kernel of her power. And when you sent that, that was my initial thought. um, Kingdom of Ash, I think. I think Aelin, when you saw her power, it says only an ember remains. Yes. It may not even be that we see anyone come through a gate from Throne of Glass. I don't, I don't know if she'll go that deep, but I definitely think it will be referenced because the parallels between Aelin and Lydia I feel like there's just too many parallels in some of their descriptions and their behaviors. I mean, she's the hind and she's a boss bitch. You know, Aelin as an assassin, she is not who she's portraying to the rest of the world that she is and neither was Aelin as Selena. There's a lot of that character crossover and then literally for the book to be called Flame and Shadow. Yeah. That's interesting that you bring that up. I honestly, I didn't really pay tons of attention to Lydia when I was reading Crescent City. She piqued my interest from the go because this is going to sound silly and she's too mean. And there was just something deliberate in her actions, especially whenever she was quote unquote hunting Sophie, there was just something about her actions, letting her get away. Yeah. Yeah. She's trying to keep up a facade for some someone maybe not necessarily the super bad guys but just everyone in general which Aelin did too for Arabin especially when her and Rune would meet in their dreamscape or whatever that is and her literally being fire that's why when you brought that up and it was the ember they were talking about that as ember theory I did not connect ember I was connecting Lydia I freaked out when I saw that. At the same time, I'm like, no, that's too obvious. Yeah, her name is literally Ember. Yeah, but also, we just don't really know that much about her. Who's to say that she's not related to Lydia? Right, and we don't know anything about Lydia's family or anything either. We have not been given... Or even, why was Ember even around the Autumn King? How did they even become entangled? How did they end up having a kid together? Right. And he admits to Bryce that he would have married her. He would Mm -hmm. have stayed with her. I have sat with him as a character before because he obviously is very much aligning with Baron. I know he's quote unquote groomed Rune to take over, but I, I truly feel he never expected for Rune to take over. I feel that he, while he's threatened by Bryce, because she's more powerful than he is after the drop. I think he knew that it was never going to be Rune. Yeah. Because the fact that he was still around for Bryce, he didn't ever try to step in and control her. Obviously the same way with Rune, even though the circumstances were different and he just gave up. You literally have what could potentially have been an heir because they don't really have that male heir. I don't really feel like that that mattered. Yeah. And so what does he know that has scared him to where he's just like, if she stays away, then she's away. But then when things were coming to light, that's when he was like, nope, you have to, especially whenever she tried to use the princess card. I feel like there's something along with him kind of in an heiress sort of way maybe not so much of an a baron sort of way. Bryce is like Lucian. Yes, heiress is a dick. 
but we've seen he is also wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of masks that are going to be pulled off in this book. Because she said it's going to be 50-50. And also some of those people, like, I'm sorry, some of those people that are upset about this crossover. It's her fucking book. Well, right, 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 right. She can do whatever she wants. Yeah. And the thing is, TFG, she started writing that forever ago. She was young. You can see that portrayed in Selena in the early books. And then literally her character grows and Sarah's growing as well. Mm-hmm. She built that whole world first. I don't think Akatar was meant because it's technically a Beauty and the Beast retelling. If you step back and look at it as a standalone, it is just a Beauty and the Beast retelling. You know, more more complex than your standard, but that is actually what it is described as. But then you move on in the series, and then that's when you start seeing those glimmers between TOG, especially when we get to Silver Flames. I feel like by the time we got to Silver Flames, she was full steam ahead in her plot to make this a whole universe. And I'm just going to say, there's people that are like, she's not that good of a writer. The prose is terrible. The writing is terrible. No, it's not. For one thing, it's not. It's not. And another thing, I know that she started Throne of Glass young, but even still. Oh, yeah, no. I'm not shitting on the writing. No, no, no. I know you're not. Just to get it out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We feel about this. The storytelling is immaculate, which is what matters when it all boils down it if you have beautiful prose beautiful writing but then at the end of the day there's no story nobody's gonna read it nobody cares right um but for this to be the way it is and for her to have created the whole throne of glass world the stuff that she put in the very first book that is still playing out today that's just another level that's her the planning the way she's created all of this stuff and how it all flows together I don't care what you think about her writing or anything. Even if you hate the books, if you look at these critically, if you go through and read these and just take everything as it is as face value, I mean, yeah, you're probably not going to be super impressed. But if you start digging into literally any piece of this, it is mind blowing. She is a mastermind. I don't even know how else to put it. And she really is. And I, I flew through... Agatar and then Throne of Glass. Pretty much as soon as I finished reading Agatar, I went right on into Throne of Glass. That was my quarantine. Mm-hmm. And because that was a hefty, hefty quarantine. But I didn't make any connections because I was reading them as two separate series. Mm-hmm. I wasn't looking for that. Right. Because Crescent City hadn't came out yet whenever I was reading them. And, or if it had, it just wasn't on my radar because I was just so into these and really trying to not see what was going on in the rest of the world. But once it was going wild, where you were slowly finding stuff to where you could see the mirroring of things. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about the Taylor Swift Easter eggs. You don't always see the Easter eggs or what you think is an Easter egg may not actually be an Easter egg. You've just created that. Mm -hmm. And I think she's done the same thing. I think that whenever she introduced Akatar, she was like, I'm going to make this into something. I'm going to make this Mm -hmm. because we've talked about Marvel do it. Yeah. But she can't. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, she can. I'm not saying that people she shit can. on her for it, but nobody is shitting on the Marvel, right? Marvel, or yet. when we have a movie with all four Spider Mans in it, but no one's shitting on that. Yeah, and it's also the other day whenever I sent you that thing, basically reading that if these were graphic novels, or if these were a TV show, I, to me, I I felt that that was such a shit on her as an author and as just a creative mind in general, Akatar as a graphic novel would be beautiful. Throne of Glass as a graphic novel would be so fucking badass. And even Crescent City, the grungy, like those would be amazing. But also the fact that I get to read what she has written. I see it in my head. I'm one of those lucky people that I get to build those out in my head. I'm making my own graphic novel. Mm -hmm. I don't need someone else to do it for me and tell me what these characters look like. I can do that on my own and I can create this as a graphic novel in my head. And so trying to put a a stop to her or not allowing people to have that enjoyment. Like I said, she may not show us Rowan or Aelin physically. They may not step through the gates, although that would be... So awesome. <laughs> if Aelin walked in and met Amran or Manana walked in, I think that they would just shit all over that world. I don't think they're meant to come in. I think they're too powerful and they would probably just eat everyone alive. Mm. But I think that their histories or because the Crescent City and Akatar parallel Throne of Glass is the past see i don't know allegedly yeah i mean that that is kind of what i got initially and honestly i'm still confused about the time period for akatar at some points obviously crescent city is futuristic yes obviously throne of glass is kind of in the past but then akatar the whole time i'm reading that i'm imagining that as very cloak and dagger yes me too no electricity like that that's how i'm imagining yes. a lot of it and then in mist and fury when fair is getting sick she says something about the porcelain toilet and i'm like wait yes you have toilets <laughs> yes also that was one of my first things where i was like oh a toilet mm-hmm. and i kept you're gonna laugh i definitely went a blood and ash and was like are there gonna be showers are we gonna have showers in some places at so I, I truly think that there's probably showers. Reese is just a tub man. Uh, <laughs> he's a bath boy. He, he's a bath bat boy. I knew you were Shut say up. That. Okay. Cassian is definitely a bath boy. 100%. He would drop that bath bomb in so fast. He would scoot <laughs> over for Nesta. Anyways, neither here nor there. But I'm yes. Mentally. <laughs> you're like, I, <laughs> I am there and here. <laughs> I can't remember who it was that they created that timeline of showing when some of the big things happened and they even took it all the way back to the Asteri. I think whenever they first came to the Crescent city world, but even then, and I don't know if I was just stupid and was trying to follow it, but I'm still trying to figure out how it lines up. And I don't think we're supposed to know right now. Yeah. And I think that she kind of put some things into play with Meryl in the library in a uh, silver flames because whenever Gwen is kind of explaining to Nesta what she does and she starts mm-hmm. talking about Meryl's work and she's, you know, even I can't explain it, but she's talking about time and how Meryl's studying like 
that there could be up to 26 different layers, basically. Yes. yes. Um, but she makes a comment that we could be living on top of each other and not even knowing it, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, like, all these things are happening, like, at once. And I kind of feel like, like, for you to bring up, you know, that Akatar was originally, could have could have been a standalone, like, it's a Beauty and the Beast retelling yeah. and all that. And now that I'm, like, thinking about that, I hadn't really thought about that, but really you don't start getting like much involvement or like much history on Prithian and like that world until, well, I say that, but then also Feyre kind of makes a comment about the, the big like tapestry that Tamlin has, like the mother pouring it out of the cauldron to create Prithian. Right. So I guess she kind of planted a little bit of something, yes. but I feel like we don't really get a lot of the history of any of that or any kind of tiebacks or callbacks that could even be, tied into the throne of glass world mm-hmm. until we get to mist and fury and whenever Farah starts um, going to the night court and talking to reese and then he kind of explains a lot of it so i think it could have potentially been a case where akatar could stand along and then it was actually let's build us out and then she kind of because in mist and fury she recalls back to the tapestry mm-hmm. in tamlin's yeah mansion it was one of those where if it's like well if this falls through yeah it can be by itself but oh man but also yeah it's i'm building it up yeah and then that kind of makes me think like we were talking a lot about you were saying people are like leave the throne of glass world alone like don't bring again it's her fucking book she can do whatever she wants with it but also you saying you read them and you saw them as two totally different series i personally would not have made any connections if i hadn't read stuff about it online but i almost wonder if she wanted to make the connection obvious by making Aelin fall through Prithian and making that call back, making the connection because she's like, Hey guys, I've been making these connections this whole time and you're too stupid to see it. Right. And I know that Reese and then he kind of explains a lot of it. So I think it could have potentially been a case where Akatark finna stand along. And then it was actually, let's build us out. And then she kind of started Because in Mist and Fury, she recalls back to the tapestry mm-hmm. in Tamlin's yeah. mansion. It was one of those where if it's like, well, if this falls through, yeah, it can be by itself. But oh man. But also, yeah, it's there. I'm building it up. Yeah. And then that kind of makes me think like, we were talking a lot about, you were saying people are like, leave the throne of glass world alone. Like right. don't bring it. Again, it's her fucking book. She can do right. whatever right, she right, right, wants right, right. with it. But also you saying that you read them and you saw them as two totally different series. I personally would not have made any connections if I hadn't read stuff about it online. But I almost wonder if she wanted to make the connection obvious by making Aelin fall through Prithian and making that call back, making the connection because she's like, hey guys, I've been making these connections this whole time and you're too stupid to see it. Right, and I know that Here the, it is. the fan base, I think, because they... Basically, she was doing with Throne of Glass and Akatar what she's doing with Akatar and Crescent City now. Yeah. Maybe that, again, wasn't her full intention of doing a full universe, but then the fan base being like, you know, it's almost over. Give us mm-hmm. that crossover that where her, where it clicked, where her brain was like, oh, I can, I can do that. That would actually be really cool. And so while it's a small moment, and it's not like in your face that it's Farrah and Rhysand standing there. 
also resands like whoop slow down you know yeah, what i mean like if you'd never read akatar like and you read throne of glass all of that you would never think anything i read akatar and then throne of glass but i never went online and saw that it was supposed to be that moment that those, they were supposed to connect like those small negligible things that i was like oh that's fun those yeah. are her two things that's fun where i'm like oh that it that has to be them and then i move on because there's a shit storm of things happening mm-hmm. <laughs> in throne of glass i was like okay well that was a sweet moment now i need to keep going because yeah. i'm getting mind fucked by what she's doing here but yeah don't chastise the woman for First off, giving the people what they want. Mm-hmm. Because as a creator, that's, that's what keeps your people happy. But then also I'm like, you got, can you imagine sitting there and reading that that's what people want? And then you being like, holy shit, that's a great idea. Let me just, you know, Charlie day it up on my wall mm-hmm. and can start connecting all of this stuff that I've already built and I can build it any fucking way I want. And I connect these any way I want. But I do think that I do think that she knew what she was doing. Yeah. Like, especially too. with Crescent City, because I, you know, throwing a glass, she already had that laid out. Agatar, and then she did that little tiny baby crossover. Mm-hmm. And then Crescent City, she could literally call back to any of that shit and be like, guess what? This is all connected, motherfuckers. Look what I just did. Because you can't tell me, again, I'm going to call out Marvel. You can't tell me that some dude sat in a writer's room and first day was like, guess what? It's all, (laughs) all of, all of these fuckers are coming together and then half of them are going to die at the end of this. You're welcome. You know what I mean? It's a build on. And I think that's, what's really cool is that we get to see it happen. That's what's really fun. And then the internet has been fun because people people got some wild shit out there. There are people that are so smart, it blows my mind. I know. I like to think that we're that smart. I know, but I know that I'm not. I know I'm not either. I can read these things and then I can start going off, but for me to have made that initial connection no never. I will say though that there has been some stuff that I'm very proud of that we yeah, have sent each true. other. I'm very, very proud of some of those. And to even have the thought to try and make that connection and then even jumping onto Google to just be like, can someone else confirm my crazy? And sometimes they can. And then sometimes it's not there and it makes me feel stupid. But then I'm like, but did I get it? Did I get it? I, I forget what it was the other day. I was really, really trying to figure something out for Amarin. It was just one of those where I'm just like, what is this bitch? What did, you know? She has to. I mean, yeah. Because they're not, especially whenever I was finishing up war, they're not supposed to feel for anything. That's the whole point. And I, when I was reading it, she specifically talks about father mm-hmm. with a capital F, as in exactly how they talk about mother. Mm. So while Prithian has mother... Amran has father from her past life. Yeah. And while we do know some about the Asteri, you know that obviously that they took over 
whatever world, and I say whatever world that of Crescent City, because of just how we don't know the parallels of everything. Mm-hmm. I say whatever, because I'm not trying to set a timeline yeah. to it. But you know, and then she just talks about um, you can't she can't be going back. What was that 15,000 years for her? Um, so what, what, you know, other than the hysteria that we've learned about what else has landed and are like shown up where they have basically a being over them that is making sure that they basically stay in line. That's almost kind of like they let Amran go because she was feeling things. They literally shoved her through a rip in time. And then she was locked in the prison. That's what happened. But for her to reference father, you know, who who is that? Are we going to find out who that is? Because especially the whole thing in war that her putting herself into the cauldron so then she could come out and then destroy everyone mm-hmm. that she was telling them, I won't remember you. But then literally Pharaoh says that she comes out and makes eye contact with them and almost her face says, I remember you. So was she just believing that that's what would happen? But she believed herself like she so she believed that herself. But then came out and was just like, I can't hurt these people because I know that I I care about them. And then her description is too angelic when she comes out. I, I wonder if she gave that explanation because she knew she would die and she didn't want them telling her not to do it, essentially. Maybe. Because Reese has always said, you know, if he could get her, send her back, if she wanted to go, he would do it if they knew how to do it or yes. whatever. So I almost wonder if it's a situation where she knew she would die. So she just said, I wouldn't remember you. I wouldn't be in this body. But at the same time, she's gone. She's dead. But then Reese also dies. And Reese said he asked her if she wanted to come back. He reached out a hand and mm-hmm. brought her back with him. So it's like she did lose all her power. So she could have just been gone or go wherever they go after they die. They don't know. Yeah. Um, and we don't find out. He doesn't really, he doesn't elaborate on what it looked like in there. Because the bone carver asking Farah what it looked like where she went whenever she died and she won't tell him. So then when that happened with Amron and Reese, why is no one telling us? Is it because you're in what is considered in Crescent City as hell? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just kind of that like nothing. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't know. So now, now my brain is, is do, 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 do. But yeah, so I, I don't, I don't know. I feel like that we need to know more about mother and father. Also, they know each other. <laughs> they meet on the dance floor. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. And then the fact that she came back and she remembered everything. I know he invited her back, but it was like she came out and allegedly didn't remember anything. But then she went, then she died and then came back out again and remembered everything. So I it's like, she just knew she would die once it was over. Uh, yeah. And I didn't even think about that, that she was just trying to protect everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, like a thing where she knew that that's what was going to have to happen for them to yeah. win essentially. Yeah. But that they wouldn't want her to do it. Yeah. 
And I sent you that that picture of that art that somebody did. And literally she is described as an angel. Which I think that Sarah has actually said in an interview before that she's modeled after a biblical archangel. Also, she has such a problem with Starfall. And so that's the big red flag for me because she's an Asteri and like an Asteri is compared to angels because, you know, there is some mythology that while yes, those, the fallen angels, but there's a lot of mythology that angels aren't necessarily nice, that they are warriors and that they are obviously under a higher command and they are the controllers which is why they bred the malachim in crescent city yes essentially like the pretty feathered wing version of illyrians <laughs> yes so again or just why like do the like what's up with the illyrians right what is so because like, we have peregrines too who are feathered yeah but I don't, I don't feel like that they're even in the same category. You know what I mean? I don't. Is there anybody winged in Throne of Glass? Mm. The Wyverns? Well. Or Illyrians? <laughs> descendants of Wyverns. <laughs> well, they are vicious. Well. So, I mean. No, I was literally like, Rowan. <laughs> JK, JK, JK. I knew what you were asking me, but my, I immediately was like, well, Rowan has wings. <laughs> I don't want to. Did Manon and Abraxos hook up and then don't. the first Illyrian? No, that is her. <laughs> in a field of flowers. Hey. I mean, listen. No. <laughs> that's her baby. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah, that's gross. That's like red. Are you kidding me? But but no, no I don't think there is. The Asteri, you know, they, they be old. But you have... That doesn't mean that in Throne of Glass, because you have the, the Vag. Valg. Sorry. Jesus Christ. I knew the way that you were looking at me. <laughs> but the Daglin, I think, potentially. Because I'm like... Could be it, the Asteri of the Throne of Glass world. And yes. And also, they they take over bodies. They're almost parasitic. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, they're their true forms you know some of them could very well be winged in their like true 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 forms you know and so it's because you know they kind of talk about that with reese even though he has his wings because he's half Illyrian, but his super scary self also has the talons and mm-hmm. reese is the night version and then Helian's the day version, and they're both these creatures. East form, described as a creature of gold feathers, shredding claws, and feathered wings. Okay. He is said to be the opposite of Rhysand. Yes. So, okay. You know. Night and day, that makes sense. Lucian's dad. But anyways, that's... And I I was literally waiting for you to make that connection. I'm like, okay, you said it, that I said it, and then you said it. Whenever we go to start like recording this first episode, I'm like, let's just keep it really, really simple and really it's literally impossible. Yes, no, I know. When you said that I was like, okay, if we can keep it contained, let's (laughs) I'll ride that wave with you. But no. It's impossible. It's impossible because number one, there's so many characters. Yeah. Also, like the raw okay so we're gonna go to throne of glass throne of grass mow the grass that's 
Which one did I say? Anyways, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I got it right the first time. But no one has really talked about Dorian and how he literally has raw magic. He has his shadow hands. He has he has all of these things. Aelin, she's going to take the spotlight. But I'm like, have we ever thought about descendants of Dorian's? That he has all of these shadows. Him and Manon, if they are able to have offspring. We were it, just comparing Reese to the witches the other day. Right, 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 right. And so it's like, you know, and then I I know there's all these like, and I'm like, Dorian had unhinged power. You keep saying that. And it keeps making me think about Reese telling Feyre that back in the day, they were more elemental. Yes. And which takes you to like Aelin with her full-fledged fire. You know, Dorian's technically human though, right? Allegedly, but I'm going to tell you right now, he ain't no way, ain't ain't no way like he allegedly is, but we don't really know a whole lot about his lineage. That's true. We, you know, I mean, his his dad is taken over. The king is taken over the entire time. Because him and Aelin have a common ancestor. So how is she Faye and he's not? Exactly. Okay. It could very well be another he's half fey kind of thing. Because also, think about this. Selena didn't know she was fey. I think she did she not know at all? No, or did it, she it was know? like she it just was like chose to stay in a human form. No, it was like repressed. Okay. And then she so she was technically mortal for like that stint until she, she made the drop I, basically till she made the, her her version of the drop yeah and who's to say that dorian's not a havesies yeah and then his his magic is because they even talk about like that it's so raw that i mean it was just so unhinged for a while and then he had to learn to control it. And then that's whenever he had, you know, the hands or like he, you know, and so it, they were like described as invisible. But then sometimes I think that they might have even been described as shadows or mm. it was just like a whisper. So I'm like, okay, there's hello, like night court shit. But for real, we don't know his lineage. We mm. don't know, again, timeline wise, we don't know where we're at in a timeline in comparison to either of the other worlds. It always did kind of stick with me that we don't know about him as a prominent character. We hear so many other backstories for almost all of the other characters. We see, you know, even if it's just like little brief nuggets of stuff, it may not be like, oh, let's sit down around a campfire and talk about, you know, all of this. Because you think about it, we build the entire time on Aelin on her history, on her. And then you learn more about Rowan and his relationship with Maeve and the Cadre's relationships with each other and with Maeve. And as that grows or like where kind of they came from, but you don't really hear that about Dorian. And so what the fuck is he? <laughs> who, who does he belong? It's like, it's like whenever you're mad at somebody about their child, who does this belong to? Where are your parents? Where are your parents? Dorian, your dad yeah. was taken over. 
And I mean, I, I could be so wrong and maybe have missed a huge piece, but I'm not, I'm not coming up with anything. We hear all about all the different witches. We hear about all of these things, but I'm like, he has some bizarre form of magic Mm -hmm. that nobody knows where it fucking came from. He didn't even know that he had magic until he basically shit it out. Like (laughs) he woke up one day and was just like, whoa. And it, you know, it's like, you know, like Yurene, she has such strong healer powers and it's, it's kind of one of those where it's like, why is she superior to others as well? And she may not be so much of a big piece in the puzzle, but there's some real magic that we're not addressing in some of these characters. Yeah. I mean, she, knowing what we know about Crescent City now, she's got some parallels with Hypaxia. Yes. She's a witch. Yes. So again, they were more elemental. Was she more of like, maybe not fully considered a witch, but elemental in that sense of healing because she was holistic and she, you know, had, had all of these healing powers that were superior to even some of the best healers who had been doing it their entire lives. And she was so young. And so she was just another character that between her and Dorian, you're like, where did this shit come from? And how is it going to play? How is that going to play out? Are we going to basically, again, maybe not see Tia G characters show up, quote unquote, physically, but we're going to learn so much more about their lineage? Because I do think that there is a big play in like Aelin fell through the world and Bryce went across. Mm-hmm. So I think that Aelin fell through. I don't think Aelin's going to fall through again. You know, that storyline played out. I don't think we're going to do that again. But I think that maybe Resand will remember that and they'll look into that. Mm-hmm. I mean, would that not be cool, though, where he's just like, you know what, that one time there was. Like, he's talking to Nix and he's like, you know what, that one time before you yeah. were born, <laughs> your, me, me and your mama were standing there and then all of a sudden this lady just... <laughs> Fell which, out of the sky. Yeah, which is interesting because Aelin says that he reaches out a hand almost to slow her down. Yes. But the story that he gives literally everybody else that witnessed it is that it's a red star. It's a bad omen. They're freaked out by it in Silver Flame. They think something bad is happening. Yes. Yes. And I so think that... Secrets. I, yes, and he does. He keeps so many secrets. And it's also like, okay, so maybe... It really, truly is a bad omen for Prithian as a world. Maybe it was because of just the domino effect of things. Even though Maeve is gone, Maeve is just, you know, destroyed. What domino effect is that going to have? Mm -hmm. Who is that going to affect? Because also, we don't really know where Amarantha came from. Wait, 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 wait. That just made me think of something. Okay, so that made me think of something because Sarah has given an interview and said they're going to have to face the consequences of Nesta saving Farah and Reese and the baby. Yep. And she used the harp with the 26 motherfucking strings, just like the 26 whatever that Clotho, or not Clotho, what's her name? Meryl says there is. uh, Yeah. So Nesta stopped time for them with the harp 
Mm-hmm. So what? So whenever I heard that from Sarah the first time, I was initially like, "Oh, great! Now somebody's going to die because Nesta saved whoever." Right. What it doesn't she, necessarily what she mean. Just, yeah. What if she just? It's like something that's going to happen in the world. Opened up shit in other worlds. Yes. Like, fucked up. Oh my god. Because that's the thing. I mean, Silver Flames addresses the shit with Nesta and the cauldron, obviously. But you think about even if it was like, what was that? Pretty much a year in the timeline between war and the total timeline of war and silver flames. That's pretty much a 12 month window for both of those. It may be a little bit longer, maybe 18 months. But from the time that even in Mist and Fury, when Nesta steals from the cauldron, allegedly, (laughs) you know, I mean, we saw that like it was sucking in the world whenever Mm -hmm. they broke it in threes. But also I feel like that the three had the three has something, but anyways, your numerology that we talked about earlier, that the three has something, but the consequences of her, because a whole piece of the cauldron was missing for how long. And they talk about the hole being ripped in the sky. Yes. And also when the cauldron broke apart, it was trying to suck everything in. When it was missing that piece what was happening or what wasn't happening that should have been happening that she had it the entire time. That's why it was like calls to like, that's what they kept saying Mm -hmm. the entire time. But there is, I think that there is something so much deeper with Nesta, even just in general, we kind of talked about, we don't know anything about their mother. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've met her in memories, but she favored Nesta so hard. And like the fact that Nesta did not fall under Tamlin's glamour. Mm-hmm. She literally was like, what the fuck is this? And Aileen's <laughs> like, what? Like, yeah, the dad's like, huh? I'm gonna get on a boat. See ya. <laughs> like, <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I mean, he did show up like, good job, dad. Way to show up at graduation. Yeah. You missed, you missed everything. Thanks for naming a boat after me, dad. Yeah. Anyways, I have a lot of feelings about that and yeah. we don't have time for that right now. But who was their mom? Who was their mom that was, and I know firstborn daughters in history were like, oh, well, those are the most sought after. They're going to, you know, that's, that's how we're going to stay afloat. They're going to marry, marry up, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Nesta is described as just fiercely and strikingly beautiful and with the sharp angles and everything. But it's like, she has super sharp angles. And I know it's obviously supposed to be because she's got a fierce Mm -hmm. personality, but it's also a lot of the witches are described Mm -hmm. like that in like Tia G. They're, they're described with those sharp features Mm -hmm. And who's to say that mama wasn't like maybe even just a watered down witch. Yeah. You know, just like as it worked through the lines, but I'm like, Nesta has to have, obviously when she had all of her ship from the cauldron, that's a little bit different, but I'm like, there was something else. She was human whenever she was blocking off Tamlin's shit. And so I'm like, what, what is she? Mm We, we, we still don't know because Pharaoh always described her as basically a force. Yeah. And, you know, and again, that plays into how these worlds, those 26 layers on top of each other, who's to say that 
Maybe the witches didn't come through at some point along the way. We don't know, but I'm like, there's, there's just gotta be something deeper with Nesta because also for the cauldron to give Elaine the abilities to be a seer where it was just basically like, what was it? It kind of said that it just felt like it needed to give her something Mm -hmm. because then Nesta turned around and took away from it. But how the fuck was she able to take something away from it? (laughs) You know what I mean? That's my other thing. I'm like, if she was just mortal and even a high fae went like if in there stewing around in the cauldron, how the fuck was she able to do that? I don't know. I mean, I know that this is obviously, uh, and I'm going to say, I know it's a book, but she knows what she's doing in character arcs and character stories. Yeah. And I'm very happy that you're on this ride with me because <laughs> I'm just over here. I'm just like, I'm all in. I, I, I do. I think that there, there is so much more because in Throne of Glass, we, witches are so prominent. Yeah. It's a very prominent thing. There are different clans. There's all these. And then it's just like, all of a sudden they're not there anymore. There's not like, there's none mentioned in Prithian, but then I feel like if we're ever going to end this episode, we need to make some kind of connection and then shut up for <laughs> I know. Or next week because otherwise we could keep going forever. I know. But it's 10 that, o'clock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on that note, talking about the witches and how there's none in Prithian. Hypaxia is a witch in Crescent City. Yes. She's a healer. Yes. Irene in Throne of Glass is a healer. We don't know if she's a witch, but she could be. She could very well be. Maja is the healer in Prithian. Mm-hmm. We don't know jack about her. I looked shit it about up. We shit. don't know nothing about her. But like, why is she go get so good at her job? I don't know. They specifically talk about how old she is. They make a point to talk about how old Maja is. And I mean, clearly she's seen some there stuff. There are even comments that she's aging. Like she looks like she's aging. Yes. Which... As a high fae, she shouldn't. But the witches, if you talk about like... She has wrinkles. Yeah. She's described as ancient by Feyre. Yes. And like the witches, the different witches from the different clans, some of them are described, not necessarily ancient or aged, but you know, they have the gray hair. Also, yellow legs, that bitch be scary. I... I've pictured the name her. of that woman was almost enough to make me DNF thrown up glass when I started. Oh, the yellow legs. I was like, Baba yellow legs. Are you freaking kidding me? I'm glad I didn't. I'm but glad you didn't. Did. I'm glad you didn't. But like, do you want to know? <laughs> do you want to know at first what I pictured Baba yellow legs to look like? Oh, like God. just while we're on that. <laughs> You've seen the sword and the stone. Disney's the sword no. and the stone like King Arthur. I want you to Google the witch in the sword and the stone right oh now. And that is because she's fucking nuts, man. So she can shape shift and she can do all this shit. And she has this weird eye thing that they change like weird colors and stuff like her and Merlin. There's this whole scene. And literally that oh is, God. that is, <laughs> that is who I imagined Baba Yellow Legs because number one, her name hilarious number two i was like she's insane she's absolutely insane but it's like it's (laughs) anyways but yeah we have these three and obviously at the end manon is the queen of the witches but it's like we have these very prominent witch families and they're not they Mm -hmm. talk about whenever they're you know 
kicking each other's asses for like their wyverns and stuff. And there's all these people looking down and all this shit. They didn't just disappear. And unless there's some weird Salem witch trial thing that we don't know about like at some point. But nobody ever, and like even like later, nobody ever talks about, you know, if there was like basically a mass exodus of the witches. No one ever talks about that. But it's, there has to be something that pops back up because also you can't tell me that Hypaxia is the only fucking witch. Like if we're jumping forward to current times, basically, you can't tell me that she, I mean, that she's the only one or like, it's that small of numbers. Like where the fuck are the rest of them? Okay. We're going to put a bow on this. Here's our connections that we're going to walk away with for today. Connection corner. (laughs) We're going to talk about the light in the dark for each each series. Okay. So Throne of Glass, Aelin and Dorian. Aelin and Dorian, 100%. Aelin is the light, Dorian is the dark. Yep. Prithian. We have Reese. We have Helion. Yep. Because we still got a lot with Lucian, or not like Lucian, oh, that we're. God. Yes. Lucian. Lucian. I've heard it. Lucian, Lucian. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give you both. Yes. You so, choose. You choose which one you want. I don't know. Yes, because. I think there's so much more that we're going to find out about Helion because I think we're going to find, maybe not in this Crescent City book, but we still got a whole other Akatar book that will come yeah. out. Okay. Shut so up. we got to, sorry. I'm <laughs> passionate. I know, this is me too. Passion. I could talk about this for three days straight. Well, we have like, <laughs> I know. and then we're going to get to Crescent City and we have Rune mm-hmm. and we have Lydia. Yep. So to draw a nice parallel, put a bow to say that we accomplished something today. It literally go on forever, but until next time. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye.